Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green on WGR is presented by Woods to Wedges, by Michelob Ultra, by the Western New York PGA, by Custom Turf, and by our home clubs, Fox Valley, Tantara, and Briarwood. It's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. 719, good morning. It is T to Green right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. My name is Brian Cozio. Thank you for being with us. PGA Pro Jeff Metis in just one moment. Want to apologize. We had some technical issues from our on-site location, so we sped in and did it here in studio as quickly as possible. So we'll at least get you uh, as much as we can here of our normal greatness. Not great so far, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, yeah it's unfortunate <laughs> mostly because, you know. Because I'm out of breath running up the stairs to get in here? Yes. Well, I mean, I would say more or less the technical difficulties probably more yes. than anything. Of course, yes. But we apologize, but uh, we're here to give you a good show here the rest of the way on TD Green. Presented by the Western New York PGA, Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, and our home clubs, Fox Valley, Tantara, and Briarwood. So Brian Colziel here, Kevin Sylvester on assignment this week. Uh, he's heading to uh, do some, we'll, we'll call it golf research. So he's, uh, he's on his way doing that. And like I said, PGA Pro Jeff Metis will uh, be here in just one moment. As uh, I just drove a little faster than Jeff did, I think. No, Jeff's, uh, Jeff's taking care of something. <laughs> we'll be here in just one moment. Coming up here over the course of uh, our show here today, we're going to be joined by the Porter Cup Women's Director, Brian Oakley, who joined us live last week at Niagara Falls Country Club. He'll recap what went on in the Women's Porter Cup over the last three days, and it ended yesterday. If you had a chance to go up there and watch some of the golf, it's good stuff to watch. The Some future LPGA stars up there, and an opportunity, I think, if any of you got a chance to take your kids, it's just, I think, just the perfect spot to do it because, first of all, it's free. Secondly, you can get up close. You're right next to these golfers as they prepare to, hopefully, they, of course, hope to take the next step in maybe an opportunity to make the pro tour someday. So you've got that going on, and Niagara Falls Country Club, just a beautiful spot to go watch golf on a gorgeous day like it was these last couple of days. So if you didn't get a chance to do that and you're thinking, oh, maybe I should have done that, the Men's Porter Cup is coming up at the end of July. We'll be there for our show that week, and we'll give you more information on that throughout the coming weeks here on the show. And speaking of that, if you are a good golfer and you are thinking, hey, I, I wouldn't mind giving it a crack at playing in one of these events like this. Well, you actually can. You can qualify for the Porter Cup. Monday, June 26th is the date to do it up at Niagara Falls Country Club. You can actually participate in the Porter Cup qualifier 
All you need is a USGA handicap of three or less. And if you have that, go to portercup.com and register, and you can participate in one of, I think, Western New York's best-run events. If you've never been up there, go ahead and do it this year. Plan on it. It's there in uh, late, mid to late July. We'll have all the info coming up. And I just, I just think it's a, a phenomenal event. I mean, the names that have participated, and we've talked about it many times before, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, you know, they just really, really big names. Even some of the more current name, names that you would have heard on tour. Uh, you know, Jason Day has played in it. Ricky Fowler has played in it. So you know the names, and I think, you know, that these are the next set of stars, especially from some of these men's players that we've seen in previous years. They've gone on and, and played on the tour, and pretty much right away and have had success. But anyway, yesterday it was the fifth women's Porter Cup and Lois K. Go ended up winning done and she played an outstanding final round yesterday. She shot a 65, seven shots better than her closest competitor, Lauren Walker, who had a 72. But she won by five, Lois K. Go did. And we'll talk with tournament director Brian Oakley coming up uh, at about seven minutes or so from now to Kind of recap what went on with the Women's Porter Cup and get you set for the Men's Porter Cup, which again comes your way in July. Also, excitement for those for those of us that like to watch the majors. That is another one coming next week as it's the U.S. Open. Father's Day weekend. It's always the U.S. Open time. And this week, or next week coming up, it's at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. The first time that a course in Wisconsin has hosted the U.S. Open and there's some decent storylines coming in, one of which is Wisconsin's own Steve Stricker, who applied, his ranking, by the way, not good enough to get himself in the field. He's been playing some Champions Tour events, been playing some PGA Tour events. He also hangs out and enjoys his Wisconsin life, which I guess at his age he should. But, you know, hasn't been at, at a full grind in the PGA Tour over the last couple of years, even though we know... When he plays well, he's just as good as most, especially still one of the best putters in the world. Anyway, Stricker really wanted to play in this Open with it being in Wisconsin, his home state. And he applied for a waiver because he wasn't qualified in terms of his world ranking. And they denied it. So he went through qualifying. And he made it. So Stricker will play. And I think that's a a nice story to follow. Now, the pairings have been out, and we'll go through some of these a little bit later in the show, but Stricker at the moment is paired with Stuart Sink and Phil Mickelson. Mickelson, always a story come U.S. Open time because it's pretty much the last thing that he hasn't accomplished in his pro career. He's pretty much done everything. He's been on Ryder Cup winning teams. He's won a ton of Masters. He's won the PGA Championship. He's won the British Open, and, you know, he's... Won a ton of money. He's done it all, other than completing the Grand Slam. And the U.S. Open, a record six times he's been a runner-up. So often he's had a chance to win. So every year we go into the U.S. Open, we're thinking, okay, is this Mickelson's time? And, of course, now that he's past his middle 40s, it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher for him. This course, unlike maybe some other ones, would have been maybe even tougher for him because it is a long course, 7,800 yards. But anyway, the, the planned tee time is that Phil Mickelson plays with Steve Stricker and Stuart Sink on Thursday. But Phil Mickelson has said 
Even though officially he hasn't made uh, any sort of withdrawals, he says he's not going to play because of his daughter's graduation. His daughter is planning on speaking at, his, at her high school graduation, and he plans on being there. We know we've heard stories of the 99 U.S. Open with he and Payne Stewart at Pinehurst saying, look, you know, that his wife Amy was pregnant at the time, that when... The baby was set to go. If she went into labor, he was going to leave the U.S. Open. And then, of course, that embrace on the 18th hole when Stewart ended up being Mick, beating Mickelson. And he, Stewart, of course, had said to uh, have said that you know Phil's got the more important thing with the the child coming and being a father and that sort of thing. So you know that's always been a story. Mickelson's a lot of times has talked about you know that he's put family ahead of golf, even despite the fact that he's so dedicated in what he does. So Mickelson at the moment, is scheduled to tee off at 3.20 on Thursday. But he says he's not going to withdraw until essentially he can get up as close as possible because he, if there's a weather delay, he said he can make it. He might be able to make it. So I, from what I'm being told, or at least what I'm being read, it, or what I'm read, reading about, is that his daughter's graduation is at like 1 o'clock compared to the 3.20 tee time. You figure graduation's what, an hour and a half, two hours? So if there is some sort of weather rain delay, he might be able to make it. And the USGA, I think smartly, you know, they say this is a random draw. Yeah, right. They gave him one of the last tee times at 3.20 in the afternoon. So it does set up for who knows if there is some some weather delay that maybe Mickelson slides in some, in some sort of uh, Superman costume, a la Rory McIlroy driving to the Ryder Cup with a police escort. Who knows? Mickelson might be getting the same treatment, but... Um, if somehow he does arrive late like that, I mean, you can, you can bet yourself it'll be an interesting story. Now, whether or not at some point it actually, uh, results in him playing golf, we'll have to see. So at the moment he's in the field, but it's a good possibility that he's not going to play, which would be the first U S open in 25 years to not have Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson. PJ Pro Jeff Minas is with me here now in studio. Jeff, good morning. I'm trying to catch my breath yes. here, Brian. <laughs> That's what I was saying when I started here. We're, we're running in. We had some technical difficulties. We appreciate everybody being patient with us here on TD Green. But yeah, you know, good thing I'm a professional athlete to go up that one flight of stairs. That's right. There's, yeah. there's yeah. one set of stairs to get in the station here, <laughs> and you and I are definitely fit for it. Yes. We come up the stairs. Unfortunately, the mic picks up this. <sighs> Uh, it picks it up, <laughs> this okay. heavy breathing. But uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about the U.S. Open here uh, throughout the show, but let's bring in Brian Oakley, the Women's Porter Cup Director. He joins us live here on the line on T to Green. Brian, it's Brian and Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us. I know you're probably uh, a little tired with all your fine work the last week, so we appreciate you Joining us here nice and early, but uh, let's talk about the Women's Porter Cup. In the books yesterday, Lois K. Go is your winner. She wins by five. That's a pretty impressive performance. Brian, are you there? Well, this kind of goes with the theme of the show, I guess. <laughs> it's just one of those days. Right. <laughs> How about she shot six shots lower than the next best competitor as I looked through the field yeah. yesterday? Six shots better than anybody else that played that day. That's that's pretty good. Um, there's a lot of really, really good players there. That's standing out from the crowd. So so good for her. That's how you go out and win a tournament as opposed to you know, sometimes you know, it's close and somebody makes a bogey or something like that near the end or, or can't handle the heat or whatever you want to say. She went out and shot a, a great round uh, and a pretty cool picture of her with the trophy with the escarpment and the river and everything else in the background there. 
to win by five in these turn well in any tournament to win by five regardless of the level or anything is is an impressive feel it, it shows that clearly she was the best player in the field yeah and with a strong field so that's probably a nice win for her resume as we go forward you know these players are trying to build resumes for things that they want to do in their careers you know they want to play in soul high all these different teams and all these different cups and and get their amateur ranking points up that's a nice win for her um you know i can't you know 65 even from the it's it that's a really really good score so that's that's tour material right there lois k go is your winner now you're really really familiar with the course i am so tell what are some challenges of playing niagara falls country club in a tournament setting <laughs> well try try finishing uh on 16 and 17 there um 16 is a long par three that's very very difficult uh, tough green 17 has out of bounds on both sides a really tough green complex that's a it's a nerve-wracking drive so is 17 the hardest hole I would think, yeah. yeah. To me, that's especially where it's located in the round too. I mean, if yeah. it was maybe earlier in the round, it might be a a little less daunting. But when you've got a a really difficult tee shot on your second last hole, trying to trying to connect and, and trying to win a tournament, plus you get a lot of tough lies there on that golf course, so it's not even an easy approach if you hit a good tee shot. Brian Coles, the old PGA Pro, Jeff Meadis here in our studios, and we hope now back on the line, Brian Oakley, the Women's Porter Cup director. Brian, we got you back. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Okay, great. Thanks. All right, so tell us a little bit about the winner, Lois K. Coe, an impressive five-shot victory yesterday. Uh, what made her so much better than everybody else, do you think? Well, I'll tell you, for the first uh, two days, it was a very tight tournament. There was probably a dozen young ladies that uh, were within uh, three, four shots of the lead, and we had no idea where it was going. And, and uh, I followed the last group yesterday, and um, on on number ten, we had a tied tournament at three under par, and I thought, okay, this is going to go neck and neck all the way down. Um, Lois is from the Philippines, and I'd had uh, some some you know intelligence that uh, she was a good player, and when she focused, she focused. And on the uh, last eight holes, she had five birdies. Wow! And she wow. just ran away with it. That's impressive. And Jeff and I were just talk, talking about some of the the challenges with that 16, 17, 18 finish. That's a, that's a pretty impressive feat by her. Um, all right, so this is the, the fifth year now of the Women's Porter Cup and you know your involvement with it. What do you think in terms of the, the tournament and where it's going? Do you like kind of how it's playing out? Uh, and just overall the success of it, where do you think it's at now that it's through five years? Well, I, I have a... Um... I'll call him a friend and, and uh, kind of a mentor for that region of the world of Indonesia, Philippines, and uh, his name's Nestor Mendoza. And, and Nestor has come for the last three years, and each year he's brought one, two, three players, the players that he feels are, are ready. Um, the two players that he brought last year just turned professional. He said with, with Lois K., uh, go winning this tournament, he said, that opens up the whole region for you, Brian, because all the other countries will look to her as being kind of the, the, um, uh, the, the person that was able to break into uh, the U.S. tournaments. Um, and and that's, that's going to be great. He, he said, you know what, I will spread the word, and, and that opens up another region of the world for us. So I'm, I'm pleased about that because we want to be international. That's the, the whole goal. Yeah, and obviously on the men's side, that has been there as well. And uh, this event with even the Senior Porter Cup that you guys have had up there, I know this is a, this is a brand that Niagara Falls Country Club, its members, its staff, its sponsors, everybody's really proud of. And 
I know that this women's event continues to get bigger and better every year, and I, I'm sure with your piece of that, you got to be proud. I am, and, and, I, and I'm looking for some, some advice, too, uh, as to how to grow it properly. So I've reached out to a lot of the uh, coaches that attended this, this, uh, this week and said, you know, what is it that I need to do to, to make it more attractive for, you know, your school to, to uh, want to embrace it? And uh, we certainly get the, the uh, support locally uh, from the young ladies that play. And that's a positive thing as well. Yeah, let's talk just locally about uh, some of the local players. Chelsea D'Antonio, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was the highest Western New York local finisher at plus four. She finished tied for 17th. Uh, Just anything of note from the local players that you may want to throw out there for the people to know about? Well, the other thing about Chelsea is she's a a young young player, but... uh, She's been with us all five years that we've had it. So, you know, the first year, she her scores were just not there. And each year, I told her I'm so proud of her that each year she made that next step. So, yes, she was at plus four. Um, we had um, a couple of young ladies that are, are still very young. Uh, Lindsay May, uh, you know, her scores were not, you know, indicative of, of how she can play. But, uh, you know, she's an up-and-comer in New York State, obviously. Uh, Micah McDonald. Um, another young lady that's only 15 years old. And, uh, you know, on a couple of the days she struggled a bit, but uh, she also on the second day scored 75. So that was right there with all the, you know, the D1 school uh, uh, girls that, that can play, uh, you know, very well. Brian Oakley, Women's Porter Cup Director, with us here on the line on TD Green. Lois K. Go wins the fifth Porter Cup and closes the book on another year and uh, bigger and better every year. Brian, we appreciate it. I know last week uh, for the great in-depth preview, thanks so much. And uh, rest a little. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us this morning and uh, giving us a little recap on the tournament. You're welcome, guys. Thank you. All right. Brian Oakley there from the Women's Porter Cup. Yeah, they're building a brand there, which yeah. is, re- is really cool. And, um, well, you, know, you have two daughters, Jeff. I do. So an event like this, I mean, we sometimes again... and. Maybe luckily for your daughters and the mm-hmm. fact that sometimes maybe they take for granted just how much women in terms of athletic competition has occurred. But this is another event that obviously recently has just been added. It's only five years old. But for young girls that aspire to play golf, high school, college, or mm-hmm. even just recreationally, they, this is an event that's cool to be a part of, whether you're just watching or just uh, maybe aspiring to play in someday. You know, and if he's trying to build an international brand, he sure uh, sure had a nice step forward with a, a woman from the Philippines coming out and shooting 65 in the final round. As he says, that opens up a lot of things for her, but it does it does bring publicity for that event to that region of the world. So now that'll be in the papers over there, and people will be hearing about the Supporter Cup. So that all those things help build the brand as we go along, and that's what we want to do when you're trying to build an event. You know, year after year, you try to make it a little bit better. I know he spoke to he talks about the golf coaches. Well, how these things fall on the calendar has a lot to do with it and you know where it's located as far as other events so yep. if you're traveling playing these events throughout the summer you know if you're going from california to there that's a lot more difficult than say coming from pennsylvania so there's a lot of things that will factor into it there they got a smart group of people there that have done really well with that brand a nice facility i'm not worried i think five ten years from now you're going to see just the best players all the best women players playing in that event the Men's Porter Cup is the week of July 17th through the 22nd, and we'll be there on Saturday the 22nd doing our show for the final round of the Men's Porter Cup. But can't say it enough, if you have never even been to a, uh, a golf tournament, 
this is the best chance to go. I mean, it's it's free. If you have kids, Jeff, I mean, this is as good as it gets. You can get right close, right up, and, and see him swing right up in front. And uh, I took my son last year, and we walked around. And even if you just go up, like, I went up for about, we went up for about two hours. We walked the course. We checked it out. We went over to the snack concession stand, which, of course, for him is very exciting, yes. too. One of the, and me. Yep, yep <laughs> and me, too. And one of the players last year, he ended up picking up three golf balls. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because all the, the players that tossed him a golf ball had, had the college logo on it. So he's on his little book stand at home in his room. He's got those golf balls sitting there. And, I mean, just, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll remember that. Let me make sure I get him a Niagara golf ball. That's yeah, right. I don't know if he's got that in his collection. <laughs> but I like going to those events because you see what the best – these are the guys that are going to be the best – these are the players that are going to be playing the tour. These are the best players. How do they play? What, what kind of shots do they hit? How do they manage their way around a golf course? It's like watching – you know, it's like watching tour players. You know, they are future tour players. Yeah. You know, you'll see five, ten guys in that field that'll be on the tour in the next few years. So, a neat way to get close to them, a neat way to you know interact with them. Because once they get on tour, it's harder with the ropes and everything else to interact with these players. Here's a chance to interact and see what they're like. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get our Western New York PGA tip of the week. We'll check our Encore Golf, Cobra Puma Golf PGA leaderboard, and also our Champions Tour report brought to you by Absolute Care. And we'll preview the U.S. Open and give you our picks here as we roll on on T to Green, Brian Koziel, and PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Thanks for being with us here on WGR. It is our Encore Golf and Cobra Puma Golf look at the PGA Tour leaderboard here on T to Green. Brian Koziel, PGA Pro Jeff Minas, back here with you. We'll start with the FedEx St. Jude Classic going on in Memphis. Through two rounds right now, three-way tie for the lead with Charles Schwartzel, probably the biggest name amongst the three, Chez Rivi and Sebastian Munoz, the others right now. They're all minus nine. Stuart Sink is one shot back, minus eight. Ben Crane, minus seven. A large group of golfers at minus six. Some bigger names here in this tournament. Brooks Kepka minus five. Uh, Adam Scott is also minus five. Phil Mickelson usually playing the week before the major, as he is. He's minus four. Uh, other names of note, Dominic Baselli, Rochester's own, minus four. Ernie Els, minus three. And let's see, let's give you one more name here. Well, Ian Poulter's been kind of a story this year. He is minus one. So there is your look at our PGA Tour leaderboard, brought to you by Encore Golf and Cobra Puma Golf. And now we look at our Champions Tour report. It's brought to you by Absolute Care and Orchard Brook Affordable Adult Assisted Lifting. There is no Champions Tour event this week, but last week was the Senior PGA Championship, and Bernhard Longer beat Vijay Singh by one. Longer shot a final round 68 to beat Vijay Singh by a stroke. Longer finished a minus 18, Singh minus 17, Miguel Angel Jimenez finished in third at minus 13. Five off the lead. Bernhard Longer winning another major on the Champions Tour. Jeff, this is routine for him, right? Every, it just happens every single time. Color me surprised. Yeah, he's a, the, the Energizer buddy. Just keeps going and winning and winning and winning, um, which is hard. You know, these guys are playing at a really, really high level, and he's, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore. So kudos to him. He's kept himself in shape. His game's got to be super sharp still just to be able to compete and keep, keep winning. These guys, and he's... One of those guys that has really kept himself in good shape, too. They said that, you know, part of his work ethic and that sort of thing is something that he's been dealing with and pretty impressive. 
He is. He's got that German work ethic. That's a, <laughs> I know a couple golfers like that. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes golf's one of those games where you know if you work harder, it doesn't always help. You know, you got to be working on the right things. He's an experienced veteran. He knows his game. He knows how to stay in shape. I'm sure when something goes awry in his game, he's got drills. He's got a coach. He's got someone that can spot it and fix it pretty quick. After all those years of playing professional golf, uh, he he knows where his weaknesses are or what his tendencies are, and. He has just found a way to. Uh, it's it's really it's really hard to imagine that he's that old and played that well for that long and uh, and just keeps doing it. All right, so there is the, there is an event this week on the Champions Tour, and here's what backs up your point so much. Guess who's winning after one round? Bernhard. He's winning. Weird. Yes, it's yeah. the Principal Charity Classic in Des Moines, Iowa. One round of three, and Longer is amongst those leading at minus six. Glenday, Kevin Sutherland. Uh, amongst those that are... They're all are playing for second. Tied for six right now. Yeah, it's just oh, trying to get that second place check. That's amazing. Yeah. That really is of just how <laughs> he continues to play well. He's coming off of winning another major, and uh, now he's tied for the lead after round one. So. A little surprised he didn't uh, he didn't try to go to the U.S. Open. I mean, as well as he's playing, I know the course is long and it's difficult, and you know he's still competing against the Young Bucks, but just to, just to test himself, I'm a little little surprised he went for uh, for a senior tour event when he probably uh, could have, I don't know if he probably could have, but he could have made an effort to get in the U.S. Open. Your John Daly update, not playing this week. Oh, he needs a week off. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do our Western New York PGA tip of the week, Jeff. Right. You ready for that? It's brought to you by the Western New York PGA, growing a giving game. Check out all the great things the Western New York PGA does across Western New York and Northwest Pennsylvania. Uh, check it out, Western New York PGA, westernnewyork.pga.com or wnypga.com. So it's U.S. Open Week, so let's give a tip for all the pros that are listening to our show. I know they always listen to it uh, later on when I tweet it out later on. Yes. They do. So... We know that uh, a staple of U.S. Opens is thick, heavy, rough. Fairways mm-hmm. are very narrow, the narrowest that we see mm-hmm. all year long on the PGA Tour, and guys will be missing it, and there'll be, I'm sure on the Fox broadcast, some graphics of how high is the rough here, how high is the rough here, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So uh, let's talk about hitting out a thick and heavy rough. Okay, um, Obviously, for the most part, this might occur in two situations. One, you miss, your, miss the fairway off your drive, and you've got an approach shot hitting into rough. And then, of course, maybe you miss your target on terms of the approach shot into the green. And then you're in greenside rough. So let's start with the shot from the fairway mm-hmm. out there. You've missed your drive, left or right, whatever. You're in some rough. The ball might be not in the lie that you wanted to do. Let's just talk about what you think should be the mental approach there as you go to hit your ball. Well, the first thing is, uh, is limiting expectations. And I think we've talked about this before. You're in the rough. It does limit what you can do. You know, at the U.S. Open, there's a priority on hitting fairways. And there's a, there's a, they, I believe they want to have it be equate to about a half a shot penalty every time you miss the fairway. So you need to hit the shot, get the most out of your shot, but don't try to get too much out of your shot. What I see amateurs doing is they'll use too little loft. They'll try to take the club for the yardage. Say they have 150 yards, and it's their 7-iron for them to hit 150 yards from the rough. Well, they're not going to hit it 150 yards from that rough. So go down to a 9 or something like that or a wedge and try to rip that ball out of there. You want to move it back in your stance. 
because um, you want to have the club come in steeper or more down on top of the ball. And and you want to just kind of move that ball, fo- ball forward more aloft. You don't have to get to the pin. You could roll that ball up just short of the green where you have a good chance to get up and down. Don't always just look at the yardage to the pin or to where the center of the green or whatever it is. Look for a yardage or a spot where you're able to get that ball up and down when you're in rough like that. So move it back in your stance. Take a little bit more loft. And, and, and focus on this shot like you would any other shot. This is an important shot. Get the ball back in play. Give yourself a chance to still make power, make a good score on that hole by hitting that ball where if you can't reach the green, gives you a good angle to get up and down. Maybe you're not pitching over a bunker or maybe, you know, you've got a lot of green to work with with your next shot. So yep. that's what I would do from the fairway, trying to trying to minimize the trouble from hitting it in the rough. All right. Now, green side rough, you miss mm-hmm. the green and the ball's sitting. And at some point you could maybe just be a few feet off the green, but mm-hmm. it's maybe lying down. And I think this is a spot where I think people get that mental intimidation factor coming into play of mm-hmm. and I see it a lot and I will be guilty of doing it myself is that we tend to sometimes maybe decelerate a little because of okay I'm so close to maybe where my target is in terms of where the flag is in the pin and I know I have to I've, I've got to accelerate through because the ball's in the rough I got to get it out but I think you just you're close. Mm-hmm. You can't help yourself. So what do you think about green side rough? Well, it also depends. You know, your lie dictates what you're able to do. So first of all, yeah. you always need to assess your lie. And I'm assuming you're going to have a bad lie, especially yeah. there with the length. This is a little different. Instead of trying to hit the ball, actually, I, I'll play it more like a bunker shot. So, you know, open up the blade a little bit. Not too, too much because you can end up sliding right under it with, you know, depending on how your ball's perched in that rough. And hit two to three inches behind it as you would with a bunker shot. But with speed, as you said, people tend to be tentative. You're not used to taking that big of a swing on a short shot. So before you're round, find a nice spot with some rough around the green and, and hit basically a bunker shot from the rough and, and get a feel for which way the grass is laying. When it's into the grain or the grass is going towards you, that's a much more difficult shot that requires a lot more speed in your in your golf shot. If you're going down grain or the grass is laying with you, it'll come out and it'll roll. <laughs> you know, it'll 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 have a lot of a less spin on it too that's the thing you have to you have to be aware that you're not going to get the same reaction from the golf ball when it lands you have to use loft to get the ball to stop so there also try to find a spot if you can't get it too close like if you just have one of those shots where it's it's you can't get it close find a good spot to putt from you know you want to putt uphill you don't want to leave yourself a four foot five foot six foot downhill or when you can have a four five six foot uphill or you got a much better aggressive stroke and a better chance to get up and down you don't want to knock it on and then hit it in a terrible spot and three putt from there you know mitigate the damage try to you know sometimes bogey's a very good score i think that's one thing too that i'll forget sometimes is the ball coming out of the rough of the amount of roll that it's going to have mm-hmm. and that playing for that even in some yeah. sense and i think that's a good tip of advice too of all right where do you want your ball to end up for mm-hmm. your next putt that's also something to think ahead about, even on your approach shots, even if you're sitting in the dead center of the fairway, sometimes of, okay, you know, if if this doesn't go in the hole, which, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to do, uh, where do I want it to be in terms of where I want to putt from? That's something I think it's important. Well, and I see that a lot. When I play with people, they always aim at the stick. Every shot, they're aiming at the pin. Where are we aimed? Right at the pin. Well, maybe that isn't your best line, you know, where, depending on where the pin is. You'll see this week at, at the U.S. Open, this is why it's such a fun week to watch, um, is the center of the green is almost always a good shot at the U.S. Open. Putting uphill is almost always a good situation at the U.S. Open. So you'd almost rather be a little bit further away in the center. You know, you don't need to fire at every pin. There's like what Johnny Mills should call them, green light, red light, yellow light. Yeah. Same thing with, the, uh, with this event. There's a lot of times where you just want to get it in the middle of the green. If you're out playing today, think how much better your score is if you hit 
greens. You know, you're not going to, you know, you don't have those difficult chips. You don't have a bunker shot maybe that you're not comfortable with. Center of the green is not, not a bad option when you play golf. Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, brought to you by the Western New York PGA and our PGA Pro in studio here, Jeff Metis. It's the Western PGA, growing a given game. Again, check out all their information at westernnewyork.pga.com. Okay, so let's look ahead to this U.S. Open and talk a little bit about the course itself. Aaron Hills hosting for the first time. I mentioned it a little earlier in the show in Wisconsin. It can play, Jeff, to 7,800 yards. Yeah, they're not even doing it for the tour players. Yeah, yeah they're not even pushing them all the way back. Uh, you know, to me, that's I don't even like hearing that number uh, yeah. about a golf course. I, to me, that's what the ball and the it has done to the game. Um, and, and a facility like this is now hosting the U.S. Open, where it's going to crowd out facilities that right. you know, great old facilities. Now, is this place gorgeous? Yeah. Will it be spectacular views and an outstanding facility? It's it's going to be awesome. They always put on a good show. But I don't like to see that, you know, every hole is 475 yards. Show, you know, I want to see these guys hitting some shots and, and being creative instead of just trying to bash at every hole. But, you know, you got to hit in the fairway. If you hit it in the fairway, the ball tend to roll and you get more distance. Uh, I, you're going to identify the best golfer by the end of the week. That's their goal. And hopefully, uh, you know, they're able to do that. When they run these U.S. Opens, it's always on. It seems to be on a razor's edge how they manage the facility. They've done a better job the last few years as far as not getting it to be too penal. Where you're not, you know, luck becomes too much of a factor. Um, where the greens, you know, or the pin placements are, you know, guys can't hold putts. And we all remember, was it Shinnecock a few yep. years ago, where they weren't even able to finish some of the holes, these guys. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, and it always is. And it ends on Father's Day. And you get to sit there Sunday afternoon on Father's Day and watch the U.S. Open come in. It's great. Yep. The USGA, if they're smart, should make sure that they, they go the extra mile to make sure that they, in terms of their course mm-hmm. setup or whatever they're doing, that they have no complaints at all this year from everybody. Of course, last year, remember, last year's final round tainted by the fact that Dustin Johnson really didn't know what his final score was going to be. If everybody remembers that, of course, he was informed as he's halfway through his back nine that, hey, you might have caused the ball to move. And whether or not we saw the replays, was it the wind? Was it not? Who knows? Um, Did he do it intentionally? Did he not do it? You know, all that sort of stuff. And they never let Dustin Johnson know his score. Now, what we had talked about earlier this year, maybe the controversy of this golf calendar year, was Lexi Thompson and the fact that she had missed Mark the Ball, apparently, with video evidence from a previous round. Now, in that event, an LPGA event major, they went and told her, and they said, this is how much it's going to cost you. And now suddenly she at least knew where she stood, even though we all talked about how that, that could have been handled much better. Last year, Dustin Johnson didn't even know where he stood. He was playing the final holes of the U.S. Open, thinking at one point, am I winning by one or am I tied? Mm-hmm. And that I, all, I always say that not only was that totally unfair to him, but it's unfair to his competitor, too. The rest of the field, yeah. To know, am I tied or am I one back? Because you played, you're going to play differently down the stretch, not knowing or not knowing whether or not, or knowing or not knowing whether you stand. And I just, I thought that couldn't have been handled worse uh, even the USGA, we know that uh, some of the presentations that they've had with their president misspeaking and not knowing things. I mean, just it was a bad week for them at Oakmont, even though the course was the star and right. and they had a great champion, Dustin Johnson. He was by he was a deserving champion, but they've got to avoid just their mess ups this year. And you know, it, I I know people like to see that U.S. Open where it's very difficult to make body, but you know, bogeys and bo- and all the high scores that the tour players have. But people also like watching guys make birdies and watching good plays. So you don't want to just beat the crud out of them hole after hole. 
have some holes where there are some good birdie chances. Let people, you know, make par a good score, but make, you know, under par something that can be achieved. I don't know what the projections are for the scores this week. I don't know too much about how the course is uh, is setting up as far as the difficulty, but but give these guys a chance to show how good they are. Don't just beat them up all and day. I, and I think Oakmont had that last year. Yes, it was hard, and guys made bogeys and doubles, but they mm-hmm. also had a chance to make birdies. Like right. just, I think it's the same thing we always say is, when a guy hits a great shot, he should be rewarded. Correct. Yep. Yeah. A couple of interesting groupings this week. I'll give you three of them to watch. Uh, Thursday, 8.51 in the morning, Fowler, Rom, Matsuyama. Three guys that can hit it a mile. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think John Rom's poised this week to have a, have a nice week. You know, we were talking this morning. Uh, it's a tough week, tough year to pick. You know, some favorites at the U.S. Open. Nobody's yeah. coming in playing in, in great shape, in great form. There's no, uh, you know, no, no one that jumps out at you as an easy pick. Um, it, it'll be a, uh, it, it'll be fun to watch. We could have a, a no name winner. Well, they're not no names. They're all really, really good players. But yeah. we could have someone come from a surprising winner this week. I think, which we do get a lot at the U.S. Open. That's right. So that's a, an interesting trio there. Uh, the last three U.S. Open champions are together. That's mm. one thing the USGA does well. Their they, pairings. Their pairings they yes. do a nice job with. They've got last year's winner, Dustin Johnson, previous year's winner, Jordan Spieth, year before that winner, Martin Keimer. The three of them together, that's at 9.35 on Thursday. That's a nice group. Yeah, there won't be any crowds following those nope. guys around. No, yeah, you'll be able to see that easily. Yep. And the bigger, the big group of the afternoon on day one, McElroy, Day, and Rose all together. Uh, at 3.09, of course, Rose was, if you go back four champions ago, he was the winner at Marion when he beat Mickelson. And there's a lot of questions with those players in that group. Is McElroy fit? How's Jason Day? Is he ready to play? Rose, you know, actually Rose is Coming off of solid. a good Masters, obviously. Yep, yep. Losing in sudden death in the playoffs to Garcia. And they play together the first two days, which is great. And uh, so you get those are some really nice pairings for TV. As we said, it could be the first U.S. Open in 25 years without Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson and, you know, I, we've gotten used to tournaments now without Tiger in majors. Yeah. And Mickelson, this is, an, as I was saying to start the show today, Mickelson in the U.S. Open is always a story because this is his last, like I said, he's accomplished everything in golf. Right. This is his last little check mark, well, big check mark for him that he would like to get done. And you always feel like he's got a chance when he's in the event. You know, he's, he's a savvy player. He still hits it plenty far. He's got that wonderful short game that we all love to watch. And the U.S. Open just, he's come so close because he's his game actually fits a U.S. Open pretty well, and it'll be disappointing if he's not playing. Yeah, so we'll see. His daughter's graduation's at 1, his tee time's at 320. He's planning on not playing, but he says he'll have everything ready to go, travel arrangements. If some reason there's a weather delay, and I think the USGA was smart to give him one of the last tee times so that mm-hmm. if there is a weather delay, then he can make it because him being there makes the event better. It does. For Dustin Johnson, he's trying to repeat. He could become the first guy to do it since 1989. Oak Hill, Curtis Strange. Very good. I was there. I didn't show you that. Mm, You had it ready. No, I'm old enough to remember that. That's why. (laughs) Nicholas Norwoods never repeated at the U.S. Open. It's hard. I believe Ben Hogan was the only other person before Curtis Strange because I remember Curtis, quote, move over Ben. That's right. Yes. All right. Picks time here before we go. Um Nate, our producer, of course, who decided to take this week off again. Man, this guy. How many? He gets more vacation than Howard Simon does. Unbelievable. (laughs) Wow, that's insane. Derek, you're in here producing this week, so I don't know if you want to participate or not. 
but Nate said he wanted to text in his pick. You know, for all of his fans that you know yeah. follow him in the Twitterverse. Nate yeah. has uh, w- w- the, the younger, cooler crowd of, the, of our TD Green listeners taking care of there, which is uh, yeah. Never mind. I'm yes. not going to touch that one. He's Nate says he's taking Jason Day. Oh, brilliant, Nate! Yeah, that's the younger, cooler crowd. Nate, come on. Oh well, I don't. I don't think Jay's a good pick this week. Uh, he hasn't shown much form for me. So once again, Nate, not too good. <laughs> Beat him down while he yes. doesn't have a chance to respond. <laughs> All right, uh, Sylvester is so big time, he didn't even text in his pick. So I got a text in from friend of the show, Tim Freeze, who yes. I'll have to agree with for my pick this week, and I think I'm going to go with John Rahm. I think he's the one person who's been showing form all year, and he's strong and powerful and, uh, and uh, has zero fear. Okay, I'm going to go a little off the board. You said a, a name that is we'll recognize, but maybe... Not a big name. I'll go, I'm going to go with Brooks Kepka this week. Because right. he hit, that pick. hits it far, mm-hmm. is playing well this week. He's eight. He's eighth this week at the FedEx. So you're playing well. I don't know. Just feel like you know. If you said give me the next five guys that maybe would be the next guy to win their first major, I'd put him in that five. Uh, yeah, I think he'd be on that list. He uh, he's strong man. He's he's another guy you see a steady climb from him every year. He seems to get better and better and better. Yeah, so looking for somebody to uh, that can hit it far at this place, but it's tough. I mean, Dustin Johnson's the the uh, the odds favorite. It's seven to one. McElroy ten to one. Spieth eleven to one. Day twelve to one. Those are your top. But there's four. questions around all those guys right now. It seems like yes, and Dustin Johnson has not played well since he fell. No. No, he's he missed a couple of cuts. He's Since been his putting wife pushed terribly. Him down the stairs. Remember that rumor? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So anyway, next week we will have a two-hour show, which is nice because it's U.S. Open week. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. So uh, if you missed any of our show this week, we'll have it up a little bit later on demand audio wgr550.com. I'll also tweet it out at Brian WGR. Don't forget check out our website t the number two t two green radio.com. Derek, what do we got coming up next here? Well, we got ESPN Radio coming up here, and then Inside High School Sports at 10 o'clock, and then Nate Geary comes in to host oh. Sports Talk Saturday 11 to 2, and then it's you again, Brian. That's right. Myself and Dan at Cave at 2 for our Belmont Steak Show. We finish oh, off yes. the Triple Crown. Again, Sylvester forgets to give me money. For <laughs> Is that three times in a row? Four he, times in a row? He's going he's gonna to text me around noon. Don't forget to put in our bet, as right, he right. writes. Our a, bet. It's called a pattern. Kevin. That's right. It's yes. a, that's right. <laughs> Yet he doesn't leave us any money for it. Unbelievable. All right. Anyway, again, I uh, want to thank everybody. Derek Kramer producing. Derek, thank you very much. PGA Pro Jeff Minas. want to thank Brian Oakley, the Women's Porter Cup Tournament Director, as well, for joining us. Next week, two hours. TD Green will be talking U.S. Open. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, for you out there, don't forget, it's Father's Day weekend, so get get them something cool. I'll be reminding my children every day this week. That's right. Western New York PGA, Woods do Wedges, Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, and our home clubs, Fox Valley, Tantera, and Briarwood, are presenting sponsors here on Tee to Green. Have a good weekend, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.